my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that this is finding you well and thriving wherever you are. So today we are finishing up our series on mistakes that I've made in my intimacy disorders in my relationship history. Hopefully you have found this series helpful, that you've been able to laugh at my pain, like Kevin Hart would say, or more likely resonate with it and find some solace in not being the only one. And and knowing that there is healing available for all of us, y'all, there's a way to get us back to start. We all came in with the ability to love freely, easily, and to receive love freely and easily. All of us have it. And so it's really us just letting go and healing from the things that people have put onto our shoulders and given to us that do not belong to us and narratives that we have adopted to be our truth. And they're just stories that we can rewrite and we can create based on what we want our life and our relationships to be like. So that is the inspiration and motivation that I shared everything in this series with and also that we are ending with today. And today's episode is for mistakes made as a love avoidance in committed partnerships and or marriage. Again, the title says marriage just for brevity's sake. So I don't have a 10, 12 word title, but we are talking about love avoidance in committed partnerships. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S 
Co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. Whether or not they are a year long or 11 years long or 30 years long, what does this look like as an intimacy disorder? And also, I'm going to be sharing what it's looked like for me personally. So while in other episodes, I will talk about how this looks like in general so that everyone who may relate to love avoidance can be like, oh, that is absolutely me. For these episodes where I'm talking about mistakes that I have personally made, you may not relate to all of them or you might relate to one of them, but I just wanted to let you know to expect that that experience. Let's go ahead and jump on in. So love avoidance is a persistent putting up of walls with loved ones. And it's because we may feel that to be connected to someone is to feel drained, to feel overpowered, to feel a loss of control, to feel very vulnerable, any of those things, all those things, and all of them are things we do not like. (laughs) We do not want any of that. We may have learned early on that to be connected to someone means that you will be forced to lose yourself or uh, compromise your power and it is a burden. Many people who grew up in settings where we were the co-parent of our siblings or we had parents or caregivers who were very emotionally intrusive or very critical or whatever it might be, basically to be close to someone meant that we would lose out in some way or that we would have to give. And so we as love avoidance have learned how to have this invisible shield up. And sometimes the invisible shield is very aggressive in its display. So we will actively tell people we don't trust people. We don't do people. We don't like people. And we don't want to get to like people, even though there may be a part of us that does want to be in relationship. We don't lead with that. Or those of us who hide our avoidance very well with smiles and with being superficial or being the caretakers of the people in our group, but no one actually ever gets to know us, right? But here's the thing about when we are in committed partnerships with all these other people that I was talking about, you know, coworkers, friends, even family, you know, and in some respects, we can determine the amount of space and we can come and we can go and we can be in and be out. But when we are in a committed partnership with somebody, we stuck. <laughs> we we are there. If they are not someone who has a traveling job, if they are not someone who is, I don't know, there's, so many, there's different scenarios, but for the most part, we are stuck in the same setting and the same personal space as this person and triggers go off, triggers abound. And so that is why for many of us who may have related more to being more love addicted in our past, which is definitely my case. In my case, I was very much more so a love addict. I was much more likely to overgive, to overcompensate, to be more extra emotionally available to different people and give them access to me. I I actually expected that when I got into partnerships that it would just all even out, that things would be better, that it would be easier for me because I would be more balanced. But really what happened is I had healed my love addictive behaviors. And what happened is because there were still some roots of things that I needed to work through, I swung into love avoidance. 
because that core belief or that core lack of skills of knowing how to be truly intimate with people and truly intimate with partners, I still had to learn how to do. It didn't magically turn on just because I met someone who was wonderful. I still had all of that muscle memory inside of me to fight against it, to put, put space against it. So with my committed partnerships, you know, post-recovery, or I guess it includes recovery, but you get what I mean, post the, the beginning of my healing process, I had to learn, oh, okay, this is where the work begins. This is where I truly have to learn how to give people access and to not run from it. And I've told people this before, and I don't think they believe me until they actually get into it. But for me, going through healing love avoidance and committed partnerships was much more painful than me putting distance with people that I was addicted to. So there were people who, when I was active in my love addiction, that I could not imagine life without them, that I would have full out days that I would not be able to work, that I would be super depressed, that I felt like my insides were going to fall out of my body, like very intense withdrawal symptoms. And that is still, (laughs) that is still not as painful as being, for me, this is for me, that was still not as painful as the day-to-day learning how to let people into your life and be vulnerable and opening up to them and to feel safe there. Like that's that was like a slow, torturous thing until I started to get the hang of it, y'all. And so let's go ahead and just jump into this. So because I'm talking about not communicating or the pain with communicating, I'm going to jump into what's actually the second point on my list, but it's not communicating about feelings. So in the past with when I've been love avoided and committed partnerships, it will look like me not telling them what I feel. And it had nothing to do because remember, at these points, I'm healed and I have more awareness of the different relationship types that I've been around and what's dysfunctional and what's unhealthy. So now I'm choosing healthy people to be in relationships with, right? So I'm choosing people who care about my emotions and care about my feelings and you know love me and are emotionally available and all that stuff. But I'm still not talking to them. (laughs) I'm still not telling them what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. There was this pattern that I had of just taking care of myself. For decades of my life, my experience was I just need to focus and worry about me. I just need to get clear on what next steps I want to take and what's going to make me feel happy. And I had majority of these conversations within my own head. And maybe I might share them with people, but I only shared it with people whenever I was done thinking about it and implementing it. So the thought of actually, you know, telling people about what I was thinking and what I was feeling, it was just foreign. It wasn't even intentionally avoided. It was literally didn't even know that it was a thing. I had no idea when I wasn't communicating until actually I started to listen to partners tell me that. And before, so obviously partners would tell me that I didn't really talk about myself, but I didn't care. And when I was in my unhealed... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, 
Radio. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. State in my love avoidance, when people would tell me that, and this includes friendships and otherwise too, I would kind of take it as a joke or, you know, just think that they were asking me for something that was unrealistic versus normal, healthy relationships communicate. They talk about what they need. They share their days with each other. So that's just day-to-day stuff. Not talking about my feelings also showed up as talking about my emotions. And so, you know, when you're a love avoidant and you don't really have a lot of practice talking with people about any people, not just romantic partnerships, but family or friends for a variety of reasons about what you're thinking and what you're feeling, you still have to figure out the root cause of why you feel that way. You still have to find some resolution. And just because you're not talking about it with them, you're really good at figuring out or you think you're really good. You're really good at having these conversations in your head to process what just happened and what you're feeling. And so I would have different things that would happen or I would have triggers or I would have needs or I would have questions. And because I wasn't used to talking about it and expressing it with partners, because again, remember the majority of my relationships, I was very much a love addict where I didn't say anything, but the intention of not saying anything was trying to keep the peace. So now that I was in relationships with people who were healthy for me, I still didn't have the skill set to know how to ask questions, to know how to have a conversation with someone. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. 
My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. But things still happen because we're two human beings in a relationship. And so I would not express what I felt or what I needed. And part of it also was I didn't really have any connection to how deeply I felt things until things built up and I had resentment or a grudge or I had feelings that I needed to express to them that were just weighing too heavily because I never talked about it in the moment. So as a love avoidant, I had to learn how to talk about my feelings. First, I had to learn how to access them. I had to learn how to tell where they were in my body. I had to also learn how to validate that my emotions were fine. I had to learn how to get over the fear of expressing it to the other person. I had to learn how to listen to their expression. I had to learn how to judge whether or not my triggers were actually mine or theirs. There were so many things that came into this. That's why when people just make promises to themselves that they'll be better or that you will listen more or that you'll talk about your emotions more, I get the heart of it. But if it was that easy, say it with me, you would have done it already, right? <laughs> the stuff that, that are blocks for us are so subconscious and they're so layered that we really, really need extra support and help to get at what's going on with us, okay? So there's that one. The second mistake that I would make once I got into healthy relationships, but I was still healing my love avoidance, was I would put things in front of my partners and call it self-care or self-preservation. And this is actually something that I see happen with a lot of different people who are in healthy relationships. And this is a very sneaky way that we can self-sabotage relationships. And basically what this looks like in just a few more words is spending a lot of time focused on activities that are just for you or creating space between you and your partner with activities that on paper look like they're really good activities for you to be doing. But all it is is just creating distance between you and that relationship and feeling justified in that because if anyone were to try to take these things away from you, then it's evidence that they are not the right partner for you because for someone to be the right partner for you, they need to learn and respect that these are non-negotiables in your life. And that sounds really great. And that sounds very self-empowering and fighting against the patriarchy and Black women or women in general, but Black women, you know, taking ownership of how we may have had to self-abandon in the past. And I get that, but let me just talk about it. This is why I need to talk about it for me. For me, what I found is what, what clued me into to this not being just a function of my creativity and my ambition and my drive that will always be there. What clued me into it not just being a temporary thing is that no matter what relationship I was in or no matter what season of my life I was in, I always had an excuse and a reason to put friendships, relationships, and people on the back burner. 
and that the things that I felt most comfortable with or the things that I had more control over were always front and center. So I never really had space for other people and for partnerships or for the full access to friendships. And what I told myself is that, you know, it'll get easier over time or that this is enough. But y'all, if you're in a partnership with someone who actually likes you and wants to spend time with you, them wanting access and time is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Them wanting to have quality moments with you that you are not running out the door to spend time with your girlfriends or that you were fully invested in looking at them and not looking at your phone, that you are not coming to bed late because you are out doing whatever, closing a deal. Them saying what about me is not selfishness. It is that they have either committed for a lifetime or they are committed for this period in time and making you priority in their life because they love you, because they care about you and they want the same from you. But those of us who are love avoidant, again, who have this trauma that is based in people hurting us when they get too close, people taking from us when they get too close, people not being able to trust what means with this vulnerability, maybe even for many of us, if you have my story, the way that you have felt safest in life is by overachieving, is by being perfect, is by going out and accumulating things and accumulating accomplishments. And so for any time I had a relationship where someone seemed like they were trying to get in the way of that, which to me meant, hey, can we spend some more time together? It was, oh, you don't respect me and you don't respect my hustle and you don't respect everything that I'm trying to build. When really the truth was I was just out of balance. I was out of balance and there was no space for those partnerships at all. And I was blaming them for them being healthy and vocalizing what they needed, right? When meanwhile, I was in my fleeing stage. I was running. I was running from being present in the relationship. Because just like I said, remember, I, well, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, but I talked about for me, I was more likely to be more love addicted in my relationships and more codependent. So I'd had relationships where I could and would drop everything. (laughs) So I I had the capability to make space for people. But when it came to people who actually wanted me and to see me and to be vulnerable with me and be intimate with me and access a part of me that could be dangerous for them to have access to, all of a sudden I didn't have the time, right? And so to be love avoidant means that we need to seek to be more love available, that we need to be more available to our partners and to not cringe and have resentment related to that. For us to learn how to have just as much pleasure and enjoyment in the company of people that we're choosing to build lives with, right? That we can actually get to know them and let them get to know us. And... The third one I actually already talked about, the third one that I wrote down is to involve my partners in my everyday life. So I wasn't always inviting them in my experiences outside of the relationship. A lot of times it's because I thought that people just didn't care about what I was doing and what I was thinking. Again, going back to what I was saying about not expressing my feelings, just because I didn't think to do it. I was just so used to in my trauma past and my upbringing past that people really didn't care 
what my everyday life looked like and what my interests were, just the interests that they also liked, just the things that brought them pleasure. So that's, those were the things that I would talk about and engage with. But as far as sharing intimately what was going on with me, I just didn't do it. And so that was also a skill that I had to learn in partnerships. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that these little, they're shorter. These episodes have been shorter than they typically have been in the past. So I hope that you have found them enjoyable to you and enlightening and that the ones that you need have resonated with you. And if not, I hope that you share them with people that they needed to be shared with. And if you are like, this isn't my jam, then yes. This is not your jam. (laughs) Again, this podcast, the Black Girls Hill podcast, are for my ladies who are healing how their trauma has shown up for them in their personal relationships. And that's our mission. And that is what we're going to stick with. We're going to stick beside them. So that's it for today's episode. I have loved teaching this series with y'all. And I can't wait to get into our next one. If you have been listening and you've been like, all right, I got the mini course and uh, use my little coupon code, which is still open right now. Today's podcast comes out on the 25th, I believe of May. And so the coupon code is still open for the next week for our You Are Worthy course to take $50 off. And the coupon code is May 2021. And we're talking about all the sources of feeling unworthy and you are able to have a self-paced experience for as long as you need to learn about some of the root issues of this, where it comes from, and how to journal through it, how to treat yourself with more self-compassion and self-acceptance. And it's just um, a smaller course for you to do in your own time. But if you've already had access to that and you're like, I want more and I want to know more about how to overcome these mistakes that you have been talking about in your experience and be able to get some more tea on what you've actually done and get access to the tools that you have used to help yourself and also help your students. You can apply to work with me in our recovery school group coaching program. Um, you can learn about that by going to blackgirlshill.org slash recovery school and you can apply and tell me what it is that you're wanting to work on. And if it is something that I feel is in alignment with something that I can help you with, I can, I will invite you to a call for us to talk about you coming on board. So that's it for this episode. I hope y'all have a wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.